Very Bad Wizards is a podcast with a philosopher, my dad, and psychologist, Dave Pizarro, having an informal discussion about issues in science and ethics. Please note that the discussion contains bad words that I'm not allowed to say, and knowing my dad, some very inappropriate jokes. A lot of you don't drink, no smoke. Some people here tonight, don't, they don't eat butter, no salt, no sugar, no lard, because they want to live. They give up that good stuff. You're going to feel like a damn fool ain't at the hospital dying from nothing. The Canadian boss has spoken. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Who are you? Who are you? A very bad man. I'm a very good man. Good man. Welcome to Very Bad Wizards. I'm David Pizarro from Cornell University. Tamler, what current podcast-enhancing drugs are you on? I'm Tamler Summers from the University of Houston. Well, I'm on my third hour of uh, Viagra <laughs> erection. <laughs> Wait, at what point are you supposed to call the doctor? <laughs> I think I have another like 45 minutes before I'm supposed to call the you know, doctor. They should sell a Viagra-branded like egg timer. So that, like, when it goes off and you still have a boner, like, you you would know to call. Like, it automatically dials 911. <laughs> I think that's the kind of shit that, like, they would give out, like, pharmacists. They're always giving doctors swag, you know? Like, a little right. Viagra egg timer. And you maybe, like, a little bracelet around your penis, too. <laughs> so, you know, like, in case you fall unconscious, well, you, you know, mean- somebody will know to call. Like what you're allergic to. It's like shellfish and penicillin. Yeah, like for diabetics or something. You need a second bracelet. Can you imagine if we followed that rule when we were in high school? (laughs) We'd just be constantly flooding the doctor with calls. I swear it's been four hours. (laughs) I know, I know. So, uh, yeah, I'm just on my normal blend of lines of cocaine with crushed Viagra mixed in. (laughs) But that's 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 no different than everything. Right, because that way, that's the perfect antidote to coke dick, right? Keeps me hungry. We're doing an episode, in case you couldn't tell, on performance-enhancing drugs. Right, so obvious. Um, and it's, we're trying to keep it short, right? Yeah, this is what we're like trying to do a flash episode. I, I'm in the middle of a move back to Cornell after my brilliant year in Toronto. Um, Tamler's a single father because he never acknowledges his wife. And... Uh, so this is our this, we had this we just want to talk about this topic right it's it's not going to be a good episode I'll just, just I, I, at least on my end I'll apologize Do my another, nerves are frayed really what's the matter tell me well you're gonna hear it's like they've been working on the sewer outside my house for like the last three weeks mm-hmm. and <laughs> two weeks and we is that your fault. <laughs> Uh, For two weeks, I've just been outside round the clock, like with trucks. And I mean, literally at four in the morning, you hear beep, 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 beep. And it's just constant. We finally got a notice. Nobody knew what it was about. We finally got a notice. They're doing emergency sewer rehabilitation. You know, speaking of drugs, our uh, our sewer was like you know had a, developed a little bit of a meth yeah, habit. They, they, like they had an intervention. For this. <laughs> exactly, they brought all the neighbors together. 
What they should do is say it's suffering from exhaustion. You know, like this. <laughs> you're you're a big baseball fan, so I assume you've had thoughts of performance enhancing drugs ever since um, you were a child because it was so obvious. Well, the first one that the first big scandal that I remember was football. It was uh, Lyle Alzado. Oh yeah, remember I remember. Dude? Didn't he die yeah. of brain cancer? Uh, he was he was like on a sitcom, like an '80s sitcom of some sort. Was he? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. That's right. And um, <laughs> and it was really it, it it the baseball thing. I mean, for a long time, it was an open secret, but nobody gave gave a shit about this, and still don't. They were just taking. They were well. There was a big cocaine, uh, as there was in every sport in the late '70s, early '80s, uh, mid '80s. It's a greenie. Greeny are like just these little amphetamine pills. Because, uh, you know, if you're a baseball player, it's 162 games a year. You're constantly right, on the road. Right. Every There's no breaks. You'll play like 15 days in a row. Right. And, Sometimes and so I they teach were, two days in a row. I know. Yeah, and then crazy. Just, That's crazy. You just pop like, <laughs> like 18 Adderall, right? Need, I'm like an Air Force pilot. Like I need the <laughs> exactly. go pills. Um, so. uh, but, yeah, the big thing in baseball was – yeah, we, we had that big 98 season where Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, they both break Roger Maris's record, and it's this big thing. And if you go back right. and look at the pictures of everybody in that generation, <laughs> it's like, what were we all thinking? They have huge, right. huge, yeah, like just normal enormous heads. Yeah. yeah, and they and they look like professional wrestlers. Right. Right. Bobble heads uh, were actually uh, for <laughs> an attempt at accuracy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then, of course, the whole thing came crashing down sometime after that. And, uh, and you know, now really there's just A-Rod. That was the latest thing. That was, you know, right. A-Rod for Schadenfreude, if you're a Red Sox fan, he's just the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, it's, he's been busted so many times, and and it's always worse. Now, now the latest news is that he snitched on, his, uh, on Ryan Braun and one of his teammates. Much worse. So, I mean, it's not even like when I hear about like it's not even interesting news to me anymore. Like the only thing the only thing that might be interesting is like when is the guy going to admit it or whatever. You know, like the Well, he did admit it. That's the funny thing. He went on uh, first he denied it. Then he went on, I guess, 60 Minutes, like Lance Armstrong. They all go on 60 Minutes. Was, or did he? I don't even remember if Lance Armstrong did. But he went Oprah. on one of those shows. Lance went oh, on Oprah. Oprah. Oprah, right, right, right. And, uh, you know, tearful confession, never do it again, working with kids and performance-enhancing drugs and all that. And then just <laughs> doing it again with this biogenesis guy. <laughs> so, so dumb. I know. It's like, I, it just reminds me of these, like, yeah, I have this image of these 80s PSAs about steroids where, like, <laughs> the kids don't do steroids. I I didn't even know it was an option. <laughs> I learned about steroids. I, I, <laughs> I know. It's not like everyone was offering me. Uh, have you ever taken steroids? No. No, not that I know of. I mean... Like, I, I took them some... for the first time like, last year when I was in New Orleans because I got really, really sick. Oh, and... you mean like, a, um, like a, for actual infections or something? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'd never yeah. taken it. There's nothing for me to take it for. <laughs> I know. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like that one day when you had big guns. I knew yeah. something was wrong. Yeah, prednisone. I was on prednisone for like a hardcore allergic reaction. Um, yeah, and yeah. that shit, that was intense actually. It kept me awake. I was like, yeah, I was fine. I, I think I just used it as a moral excuse to get really angry at my family, like for shit. That I- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a I- prednisone mom. <laughs> I'll fuck you up. <laughs> just like eating the pills from the bottle. Like, <laughs> 
Uh, no, I mean, like, I was up till, like, same thing, like, two in the morning, like, I'd, I'd, I'd do work, and then I'd watch, like, yeah. a, like a full movie, and I could, uh, you know, I was just starting to be able to drink again, because I hadn't been able to drink, because I had 104 fever, and, uh, that's, that's, and it That's the matter. consequence that you remember, like, when I had 104 fever, like, I totally couldn't drink, it sucked. <laughs> it totally sucked. <laughs> But I was by myself, so there was no one for me to get mad about that. <laughs> All I was doing was I would go into the office at Tulane and I would just go like this. I, I, oh, holy shit! These steroids are awesome, and I would just be like really loud, and like uh, the director of the program would come out and be like, "Okay, uh, <laughs> this, this sounds. It sounds like I got to give this more of a recreational try." <laughs> All right, so, but we're going to talk about the ethics, not Yeah, we're like 15 <laughs> minutes in. We haven't even – the whole point, I think, of the, the interest is like on the face of it, like – so obviously there are legal issues. Like, and we'll get to maybe the legal issues. But to me, the legal issues are only interesting insofar as they seem to stand on some, some sort of moral intuition that it's, that it's wrong to use these performance-enhancing drugs. I guess the regular intuition is that it's an unfair advantage, but that's not enough, right? I mean that's – Well, so I mean here's the – the first issue, I mean, let's talk about the performance enhancing aspect of it. So, the, yeah, the idea is it's a unfair or unequal playing field. Just yeah. imagine that you have uh, drugs that, and, and I'm not a doctor, so I'm going to butcher this. But conceptually, you can imagine that you have a drug that just improves your performance during the competition, right? So all it does is, like, it makes you faster. You pop one of those things, and it makes you faster. Um, there are – it's my understanding that some steroids work in that you take them when you're training and they make you train harder. So – and in fact, this is what we would use – like what a normal athlete might use caffeine for or carb loading, right? Like it, it just sort of makes you work harder. And so because because you work harder during training, you end up actually building your muscles. Right. And, it doesn't actually give you muscles. Exactly. It gives you the – the ability to to bounce back from a workout, right? right. Um, yeah, like exactly. the the next day, right. and go back to the gym. And, whereas right. you otherwise would, or, be or too having sore. worked out harder, yeah, right, yeah, and work out harder at the gym. Right. But I mean, I, I from what I understand, the big thing is that you know you don't have to take the days off that you. Would yeah, and so I think that's what right. Not- so the only reason I can imagine that this is that this is a reason that this kind of unfairness matters to people is because, well, two things. One, it's not widely available, right? Say it's too expensive and some people get it and some people don't. And there it seems like unfair. Everybody can, everybody can, but so is good. So is having a, like a really high, you know, class doctor, trainer and totally. uh, It reminds me of like the, the Rocky movie with, uh, when he fights the Russian guy, like the Russian has like all this like high tech equipment. Like that was our view of Russia, and like the and, and he also movie. has uh, drugs. Yeah, but he has drugs. He gets like he's, he's getting something injected. injected. In, yeah, and uh, and Rocky's just like out in the woods. And there is something about like the well, you know what? Anybody can lift like cinder blocks and and like right. tree trunks out chickens. in the wood. Exactly. So there is yeah. that sense of unfairness. But but as you say, that's clearly like. If the, if if it were really that driving our moral concerns, then we would we would think that people who can afford like lighter bicycles shouldn't be allowed. And there are actually some rules, I guess, about about the kind of equipment that you're allowed to use in certain sports. But the kind of equipment you're allowed to use during during, during, during the, the right, but yeah. not right, but not you're right. So not during as you're training. training. Right, 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 right. So so that can't be enough. So the I think that if you add then the concern that 
uh, people who are willing to take these drugs are putting themselves at the kind of risk that uh, that most people wouldn't put themselves at. And because they're willing to make that risk for the sake of performance, then that's unfair. So, like, if there's a drug uh, that would right. make me die next year, but it would make me the fastest person in the world right now, if I'm willing right. to take that shit, like, yeah. you know, most people aren't. And so it seems it seems like it's not fair to put me in the same competition. Right. Well, and, and, and the thing it does is create like an arms race mm-hmm. of, you know, you now have to make this decision whether right. to sacrifice your long-term health for short-term success. And if you don't do it, there's somebody who will beat you out for that starting spot on the team. or right. uh, and, and so you're going to lose millions and millions of dollars. So it actually ends up putting pressure on you, just like in all arms races, right. to, uh, to do something that... That's bad for. I mean, it's a classic. What do you call it? Uh, what kind of problem is this in evolutionary biology? Where if, if everybody could agree, what's that problem called? Uh, we should know the, this. The commons. Yeah, tragedy yeah, of the yeah. commons. Yeah, yeah. Tragedy of the commons. Right. So yeah. if everybody could agree to just not do it, then right. it would be fine. But if all you take is some outliers, and then you have to keep up. Yep. And then and then you have. The, Cheaters, which is, I guess, I take it what we we consider the people who are taking these drugs without telling and, anybody. And that's right. where the resentment, I think, comes in on the parts of the athletes is, you know, they're losing out on big contracts and um, and and you know right. fulfilling careers because they don't want to jeopardize their long term health. Now, that said, you could. Uh, that's certainly. Another thing, you know, like being willing to come back from concussions too early, you know, being exactly. willing to play I mean, hurt, you know, all that stuff. It's the same thing. Right. Or be, yeah, being willing to like just make yourself completely miserable for the sake of like that edge, you know. I mean, when you talk about like these Olympic athletes, for instance, they, they uh, you know, the, the kinds of people who end up you win or lose four four years worth of training on on milliseconds like the slices of time that we didn't used to be able to measure i completely buy that like some of these people are miserable assholes because they're willing to put themselves through this but it's not that doesn't seem unfair the direct in, like injection of some sort of drug that can harm you uh it, it's just a more direct causal link than just like fucking up your family life it also just – I mean we're now talking about the rational reasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I think those are like in some ways the best after-the-fact justifications right. rather than the cause of the – whatever to whatever extent there is moral outrage about PEDs. I actually think it has more to do with the kind of – illusory conception of like the boundaries of what a person really is and you know when you take these drugs you are getting this extra thing from outside yeah that like these other drugs like cortisone shots don't for whatever reason that's just you but with less pain right or you know extra you know like really high class training facilities that's still you you know so there's there's certain things that we've delineated as what is you the the athlete and then what is you plus some right. other thing that gives you the unfair advantage yeah i think you're absolutely right so like the on some theory of of steroids that i think people have like at this gut level it's like you, like you put on a robo suit 
right? Like that's right. what these drugs are. It's not really you. And so I, so it's hard to communicate to people like, no, like it just makes you train harder. Like it's just, um, so I, so yeah. And there is something, I think you're also absolutely right about this sort this view of what it is, what, what your essence is, like what fundamentally is you and what's external and what's not you. And the lines are just so, so blurred in, in real life that, that now we just have, like we make laws and we make these regulations and we just get knee jerk reactions. Steroids is this bad word, but I don't even think people could list you the substances that are considered bad. And in fact, uh, William Salatan, who writes for Slate magazine, or at least used to, uh, has a discussion of the, yeah, uh, the Olympic anti-doping policies. And, you know, if you actually bother to read the, the specifics, they're absurd. I mean, if, if what you're looking for is consistency in these rules and regulations, then, then you're looking in the wrong place. And so, for instance, uh, one of the things he points out, I think, in this article is that you're not allowed to use hyperbaric chambers to train. So, so you can't artificially manipulate the level of oxygen in your environment when you're training. Uh, th- what this would do is it would make your heart and lungs more efficient, obviously, by reducing the amount of oxygen. So y- that's, that's banned. Uh, if you just happen, though, to live in a country where uh, there are mountains, there, there are places with high, naturally occurring high altitudes that you can train in, that's perfectly okay. So you're just screwed. You're fucked if you live in, like, Minnesota and you want to be a top-notch cyclist. Well, you're just fucked if you live in Minnesota. <laughs> right? It's just one of, one of the, one of the like, many things on the... Um, and and so, I, I lived there for three years, so I say that with love. So, that's a, so you know how fucked you are. I know exactly <laughs> the degree to which you're fucked. <laughs> no, I, I actually really liked Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, I'm totally convinced. That's why you're still there. Um, and so... You know, uh, back to the hyperbolic chamber thing. That one's so interesting because... Hyperbaric, you know, by you, the way. <laughs> hyperbolic. <laughs> the chamber is just like, <laughs> I mean, I can't believe. That's like the worst possible... <laughs> Like, you could imagine having the exact opposite reaction where that levels the playing field, yeah, you know, for these exactly. people who happen to be uh, brought up, you know, who happen to be able to train in Colorado, you know, it levels the playing field so that people in Minnesota can compete with them. Because it's a right. big freaking difference, especially if the Olympics is then going to be somewhere that's at high altitudes. Right. If you ever, I mean, if you ever go somewhere to high altitudes and try to work out or swim or do something like that, you're I like, climb <laughs> stairs. What? Uh, <laughs> like I can't yeah. even climb stairs in Boulder. Like um, I'm like I got to be on the first floor. And that's what's weird about a lot of these things. Like if there was a drug that made you grow taller, we would find that and this is what I mean about the sort of boundaries. I mean, I, this is actually maybe this is a different issue, but um, it's obviously in the say NBA a huge advantage if you're tall. Something yeah, like, I just right. read a stat where like like 21% of the people over seven feet tall in the United States are playing in the NBA. Wow. But if you took a drug to make yourself taller, that yeah. would just be considered right. totally wrong. And I, I mean, that one right. strikes me as intuitively right for some reason. Like there's certain luck. There's certain things that are pure luck that we are willing to just say that's 
you know, that's that's fine. Yeah. So, well, so, like, so why is it the case, though? I mean, I think that it, that there is this appeal to to the natural that kind of breaks down, but that that's capturing it. So there is not only this appeal to what's essentially you, but what's essentially you that can be brought out in by sort of, quote unquote, natural means and and being genetic, like the, the moral luck of being having a genetic like blueprint that makes you tall is feels or just, fast or, or fast. It, it does feel different than than uh than injecting but like what now what, what if you can choose what your kid's gonna be your next kid right you know? that's like, the next you, big thing right you know, and, genetic and, dna stuff yeah i feel i feel like there's a study if i can find it i'll link to it where um if you ask people and and this will transition us into the intellectual domain because i think this is also in, there are interesting similarities and differences but um if you ask people so uh, so standard standard IQ tests are are centered around 100. So 100 is supposed to be the average uh, IQ. So if you ask people, imagine that that you were going to have a kid who was like kind of dumb. He was going to be like 90. Um, but you have this genetic therapy that you can just turn on a couple of genes magically, and it's going to bring him back to normal. People think that that's okay, right? They're like, oh yeah, that's that's a good thing. But if you choose to bring that kid from like 100 to 110, then you're yeah. like fucking with nature. Right. And it's, it's, so we're okay, like bringing people back up to what we think of as normal level, but like, don't, but there's something about like using that to, for an unfair competitive advantage or, or to, to, it's, it's maybe the sense of hubris that you're, you know. Yeah. So I wonder if some of it, but again, this wouldn't be true with the hyperbaric no. chamber, but it's a commitment to equality. If you're below a certain point, then we don't mind you getting up to the point. It's just uh, after that that we object. Right. And I mean, it's, it's, we're not going to find a theory, right, for no. that's going to explain all of our intuitions about this, but it's no, but there I'm are okay probably some trends. Them because, yeah. yeah, because this has like real implications, I think, not only now for sports, but just in, in the coming years with what, what we choose to do. And I think there is a way in which there are um, – a class of slippery slope arguments that that we reasonably want to avoid, which is well, um, one fear is that that then everybody will will like turn on the switches that make their kids seven feet tall, right? And yeah. that doesn't seem like the right thing to do, um, or you know, but but I don't know. On the other hand, like, what if the average IQ was one thirty instead of one hundred? Like, w- <laughs> I feel like I, would you turn it on? Like, would you make your kid not the that your daughter's not already a genius, but suppose your second kid, would you, would you for like a small fee make them guaranteed to have like 20 more IQ points than average? Yeah. I mean, uh, that's a tough question. Yeah. I mean, that's a really tough question actually, because I have, I mean, you would pay for a private school if they were in shitty public schools. You would pay for exactly. Like yeah. these are the things you would get tutors yeah. You would, and there's there's so many advantages that children have environmentally. I right, mean, it's just insane. And it, you know, apparently, like a big thing, a, a big struggle right now is over the summer, um, where rich kids, you know, have activities and learning things that they're doing, and poor kids are are just completely wasting the summer. And that's yeah. you know that's like a quarter of their year that uh, you know the the richer kids the more well off kids are developing themselves right. as uh, students. I, and- I I love doing nothing. 
<laughs> childhood summers. <laughs> I agree. It's, it's not like I ever – this is different now. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a lot different now um, because – I barely remember a single activity. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I read. I like. Luckily, I was you know naturally drawn to reading books, but I also watched the shit out of a TV man. I like, know, if you, I, <laughs> my carbon footprint during the summers with those old CRT screens, like I'm, I watched. But the thing is, now I have all of the knowledge of '80s sitcoms that you know I would not have otherwise. What you talking about, <laughs> Totally worth. My daughter watches Full House now. Oh, like she was watching The Simpsons and South Park, <laughs> and now she watches Full House. It's uh, like she's regressing. I need to give yeah. her one of those IQ pills. She, pretty soon, she's going to start like just watching Disney Channel shows. Like, no, like, she's no, she's never <laughs> been able to watch. Have you like? I, I, I watched like twenty minutes of those things. I was appalled. Uh, it's so so bad. It's, it's so awful. Bad. But it's unclear to me that I wouldn't choose if it was a really easy option that I, I feel it like it would almost be morally wrong of me to, so it would be morally wrong to be able to turn off the genes that might cause cancer. Right. So if you could re if you could reduce the chance of your child right. dying from, from cancer, from like, you know, 80% to 10%, you, it would seem like you're an ass not to. Right. Yeah. So, absolutely. uh, so any kind of disease, any kind of, disease. even a wor- even not as bad a disease as cancer. Right. Like dyslexia like a, or something. Like Red Fox said, you're gonna you're gonna feel like a damn fool in the hospital dying from nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, um, so he also now, said, "You so ugly, I'm gonna plant your head in some cookie dough and make gorilla cookies." <laughs> I was, I'm sure he delivered it. <laughs> I could stick your face in some dough and make some gorilla cookies. <laughs> He did deliver it a little better than I did. Yeah. Um, okay, so now uh, there's a ton of social psych research on attractiveness and the advantages that, that are gained by attractiveness. Say you yeah. can make your kid just be slightly less ugly. Like you say, like they're like, okay, you're you're not calling Eliza ugly. She's most no, no. Again, this is the hypothetical second son that you're going to have. It's different uh, mama. <laughs> uh, if you could have just a child, like let's say it's a clone, let's say it's a clone of you, wouldn't you choose to make it have a prettier face? Oh God, yeah, no, it's hor- it's been horrible. <laughs> this face, and wouldn't give him the haunted boy haircuts. <laughs> I would take a non haunted boy haircut gene so, right now. So so now you can make your kid less or more attractive, right? Would you do that? I don't know. I, I actually think that I've thought about this enough that I'm not sure that there's any reason to not do any of these things. So I actually think that one solution is to uh, to unban them all and and just have this policy or a norm of disclosure that, that uh, you say everything that you're taking. I actually think people would stop taking the gnarly ones because if, if someone's dunking in your face um, – but everybody there knows that they're taking like a, some real like uh, risky substance. I think that you would stop getting the moral praise. I mean, I, I agree, um, and that might be where we're going. Because one thing that's always striking is that public outrage is nowhere near the same as media outrage right. at these things. That's true. Right. 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 The public fact, doesn't care. Yeah. Let's no, take a break, and I want to. I'd, I'd actually like to talk about the intellectual domain uh, when we come back. Yeah. Clearly, we're we're on performance enhancing drugs because our stamina is crazy. We haven't taken a break yet. That's right. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back.
the locker room. Hey, Jimmy. Good luck on Saturday. You too, Francis. Hey, Jimmy. Oh, hey, hey, Nathan. So, uh, I see you train pretty hard. Yeah, it sure is tough. I'm training really hard, but I'm not improving fast enough, and the Special Olympics are a week away. Well, uh, maybe I can help you out. You know, there are shortcuts. What kind of shortcuts? You know, steroids. Steroids? <laughs> But aren't those illegal? Yeah, sure, but these are new. They don't show up in a urine test. So, uh, how do they work? You just take one of these little blue babies three times a day and inject this directly into your bloodstream twice a day before meals. How much would this cost me? Uh, it isn't cheap. I've got to keep vice off my back and secure shipments from overseas. Well, maybe I'll just use them a, a little bit. You know, as a performance enhancer. Whatever you say, Jimmy, my friend. Whatever you say. Welcome back to Very Bad Wizards, a couple of podcast business things. You can follow us uh, on Twitter at, at @verybadwizards. Uh, well, just at Very Bad Wizards and uh, at Peas and at Tamler. Thanks, as always, to Matt Yeah, Matt Welch, Welch has like a, a Tumblr page now for the... For the podcast that will that also has all of the, not only all of the links to the shows but uh, like added media um, and actually I I enjoy going to that page just for myself like I've become a fan I do too uh, like it's, yeah. it's it's awesome he puts up like really cool clips we've got a bunch of emails the really good emails challenging emails that we're going to respond to but not on this show because we've got to keep this short yeah. we're recording on Saturday and the, we're supposed to release on Monday on the Shabbat. Uh, on Shabbat. Yeah, I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like uh, now God knows for sure because he because he's a regular listener. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, finally, uh, support uh, is is now its own page. You know, you just got to click through support. Please, I know this is tough to remember, but when you go to Amazon.com, if you just go to our that page first and click on that link, then we'll get a little bit of support then, and you can also support us. Via PayPal, um, there's a link there, and and we should offer something. I don't know if we should name the person, but we just uh, got no, a very we'll email, big donation. We'll email because yeah, people have been very kind. I mean, it's completely above and beyond. Like, li- listen, we make I, the whole goal is to make it so free, obviously. So, uh, so any any support has, it, but the support has just been kind, and the emails have been too. Like, yeah, even when people are pissed at us, they're just kind, and yeah. we read them all, and we're going to try to get to them all. All right. Um, so, about one of the reasons that this this interest that performance enhancing drugs interest me are uh, because of of now what you can do with what what some well there have always been performance enhancing sort of brain enhancing drugs. It's just that now they're they're ubiquitous and they're easy to get, and it really is the case that uh, that um, you might. You could make the argument that people have an unfair advantage in an intellectual, academic, or even in the work domain. So there was a piece – was it the New Yorker a while back that did this sort of article on brain-enhancing drugs? And one of the complaints that people had is like, look, I work – I'm a junior associate at some whatever accounting firm, and uh, the next guy over there is taking ProVigil. So that's a, a drug that keeps you awake. Um, and now I have to like, now he's working long hours and he doesn't need to sleep as much as I do. And he's going to move up, up the chain quicker than me. Like, 
why isn't it the case that these things are banned substances for for non-sports whatever competition or not only not banned but also just not in really morally condemned i mean (laughs) adderall now i guess for undergraduates is so unbelievably prevalent right in terms of you know and and go for just so much money and then um as both you and i know it's becoming very prevalent in the uh, in the pro- in the professor ranks as well. I have played no causal role in that whatsoever. <laughs> so I have my attorney sitting next to me. <laughs> I cannot comment on that matter. But I, I think you were actually first introduced me to the term tenure pills. That that's what they call it. I think I coined but... it. I coined that. Oh, you did coin yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's awesome. That's a great, uh, but you know, Adderall now is something that, you know, that a lot of professors take and that does really help. I mean, both you and I, I think it's fair to say have taken Adderall in our lives. You mean today? Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) And, uh, and, and understand the benefits of it. And, you know, if you ever see one of those tests for attention, Deficit disorder, you know, yeah. for adults. It's, I, it's, never, it's, I never finished them. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. Yeah, you just get distracted. <laughs> it, the, the things that it asks you are the things that it would shock me if 90% of academics didn't say yes to right. most of them. Right, you know, right. do you find yourself, you know, working on something and then checking, you know, your email or checking the right. web or do it, you know, like, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, there's something about being an academic that just, it 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 makes yeah. it so obvious that you have attention deficit disorder. <laughs> I, know. I know. I mean, the structure of society is such that there are so so many things that we could be paying attention to that it seems like a miracle that we get anything done. Yeah. I sometimes I think of it. We're, I'm using here Adderall broadly as that just amphetamines Ritlin, prescribed yeah. for oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that uh, that it seems as if like what they're just doing is they're like getting us back to a time where like we we weren't able to be distracted. At all. But see, all here's the thing: that's not even true. There were always distractions. People have been doing this forever. Graham yeah. Greene, the novelist, famously was when he was writing *The Power and the Glory*, maybe his best you know straight novel. He was also writing one of his entertainment novels. I think it was *The Confidential Agent*, and he would just be on. He was on Benzedrine the yeah, entire time, and yeah. nobody is like he, you know nobody no. views him like they it's view like, Sammy like Sosa like and Mark McGuire. Yeah. yeah, like he. Yeah, cheated. no, and this is exactly the point that like uh, that that is interesting. Intriguing to me as well. Um, by the way, you know, if if I took that much Benzedrine, I'd just read the shit out of Reddit all day. Like, so it doesn't like magically make you a novelist, right? Like, <laughs> I'm just like concentrating. Well, none the of fuck these things of, like, magically <laughs> make you turn from somebody who's retarded at well, who's not good at that stuff yes. to uh, to really good at it. It just makes you. It's the same thing. It makes you right. be able to train better. It makes you be able to you know to, to just, uh, yeah, be motivated. But yeah, so here's a question. Imagine like Ken Jennings, the the like the uh, champ at, um, at Jeopardy, Jeopardy, the all time yeah. the all time winner Jeopardy. Uh, imagine that you found out that he uh, was on uh, Adderall or Ritalin uh, every episode. Yeah, uh, I, there is a case where there is competition. Uh, do you think that people might have this feeling like his his winnings or his title should be revoked? Is there a sense of asterisk for those kinds of achievements? 
Well, I think there has to be a direct tie to, you know, mm-hmm. that did, did that perform? Did that enhance his performance? Because right. you're probably so jacked up when you're on Jeopardy that it's really not. You know, I I, I don't know right. if that's the best example. Now, well, it's- if he took like <laughs> smarter pills, or 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 even more important, like which I guess they're developing memory pills. You know, yeah. pills that actually improve your but memory. Just, but that would just be helpful for training, right? I mean, pr- presumably like caffeine and nicotine and other stimulants do, in fact, do that. So, oh, so and, I and, see. So he was doing it like also while training <laughs> well, before. Well, to, yeah, yeah. To be clear, Ken Jennings, I have no evidence that Ken Jennings actually did any of this. But uh, so oh, I think but, he definitely did. <laughs> but yeah, so – but it gets to that distinction that you were making earlier where I think in the in this domain, it's, it's more obvious that there is not – there is – uh, no real external boost. That that is, he had to have the answers in him, right? It's not like those pills were providing him world knowledge. He had to know that shit to begin with. And what the pills are doing is like maybe letting him press the button faster or access that information more quickly or train harder. Okay, but here's a case in which we wouldn't care. Say Nobel Prize winning uh, psychologist uh, Danny Con Daniel Kahneman. We find out that he did Benzedrine in, early in his career, and and in fact, the papers that he published with Amos Tversky uh, were were done under the influence of amphetamines. Should we revoke the Nobel Prize? Like there, it's like uh, no, like like well, that would be stupid, right? Yeah, I mean, and even though like we've vacated all of Lance Armstrong's. <laughs> yeah. uh, Right, right. And maybe the difference here is that we think that that Nobel Prize winners are discovering truth and the means by which they do that are different. Like we're not we're not valuing their performance so much as or them as a person in comparison to other people as much as we're just saying like, oh, cool, this guy, this guy was the first to to like discover the shit. Yeah, I don't think so, though, because, again, the Graham Greene, it's nobody's saying no, you know. Uh, nobody would want to revoke his National Book Awards, or I guess he couldn't get that because right. he's not American, but whatever. Uh, his Booker Awards, just because he was taking Benzedrine and <laughs> right. you know, like right. Faulkner wasn't right. It's like, it'd be like, like, like taking Kingsley Hemingway's praise award for his alcoholism, and, and I'm sure his. Yeah. yeah, no, I know. It's like uh, I think there are domains where we think it it just it's it's just a part of you. And again, like Kerouac was famously like uh, a huge Benzedrine addict and, and took it all the time. And, you know, like uh, it, it, it all it is is I honestly it goes back to what we were saying before, where, you know, if Kahneman did it, that's just it's, it's still him. Yeah. And, and, and again, uh, I'm not saying that he did. <laughs> but uh, well, I would like to say hypothetically, yeah, Dave yeah. Pizarro, when, you know, he did his famous Tyrone but but you know it, it, that seems different than like these guys and i don't know why maybe it's a it's literally a physical thing where you just see like barry bond's head grow eight sizes or you see lyle alzado all of a sudden look like or right. some cgi'd like like bane and the yeah so yeah, okay. So here's a case where I'm um, to to go the other way. Here, there are cases in which I actually not only don't care if people use performance enhancing drugs, even if it's damaging to them, and even if it's making them better at what they do. Clearly, uh, through the use of this agent, and those are cases in which what they do 
it is intrinsically of enough value to me that I could give a rat's ass about who's doing it. So the whole, you know, a lot of these drugs were actually developed and designed for military purposes. So a lot of the drugs that trickle down for us, like ProVigil that helps keep us awake, they're there because like they need, they need pilots. ProVigil doesn't do shit for me, by the way. Well, you know, it's, I've taken it when you pull an all nighter. I took one like at the end of that all nighter. I remember, I remember my daughter just like waking me up at six. I had been writing all night on a deadline. I was like a second year professor. I, popped one of those and uh it was as if i had slept but taking it uh, in conditions where you don't need it i yeah i agree it doesn't yeah. really do that much. you're the sort but of like, waiting for it like you're waiting yeah. for like bad right it's like these placebos are barely working yeah um <laughs> so uh, if if you're like a air air traffic controller and it turns out that being hopped up on benzedrine when you're doing it makes you better at that. Like, I'm all for it, man. Give everybody benzedrine. Like, as long as we know what we're doing, because it might actually improve the quality of, of the job. Like, or a pilot that's less likely to fall asleep or whatever. Like, these are the cases. And I think in some academic domains, like, you're giving these uh, nice examples of people in literature who, who famously took all of these amphetamines. I, I was told the story about the mathematician Paul Erdos, who's one of the most... Uh, influential mathematicians of the last century. Um, and it, this might be apocryphal, but this, the way I was told the story is that he took, a, again, a ton of amphetamines and uh, his friends were actually concerned. And so they told him that they actually you know, had an intervention like your sewer intervention and said, can you stop taking? There it these? is, by the way. Right. <laughs> can you stop taking these? Uh, we're worried that you're addicted. And he said, fine. So he quit cold turkey for six months, did it. And at the end of those six months, his friends were like, see, this is, this is great. Now you're totally clean. You don't need to take them. And he's like, oh, no, I'm going to start taking them again. And they're like, but why? He's like, because those six months were lost to mathematics. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's like really this case where like if it helped him discover some cool shit, then like, hey, cool, man. Like he's not just – yeah. But I mean like what if Roger Federer can extend his, you know, tennis career by, you know, like and you know, people value tennis. Yeah, More, but you know, as much as they value higher mathematics that's not actually but, contributing but wait, to the world. It's true, but I think that like if you and I'm not a mathematician, but but my my intuition here is that if Paul Erdős discovers something to be true while under the influence of a drug, like it's very different than if there were a a you know math competition where whoever came up with the best answer like and all he's doing is beating other people and this is sort of an artificial this is an artificial achievement this is an achievement that we've put there just solely for the sake of having people outperform each other not like actually discovering or like being able to fly the plane safer right this is not it's a these are but I mean, that seems like a stretch. I mean, yeah, it's because it's still a competition. Uh, academia has competitive elements to it, right? So in uh, some cases, we're like the the junior associate at the accounting firm who takes who takes uh, provigil to to work harder and then moves up the company. Not in some more. cases. I, I it, it just seems like in every case, right? I mean, there are a limited number of jobs. Do I need to call up Yoel and? Get back to the show to remind you how few jobs there are in academia. No, yeah, I, I, I guess, but like there is this sense that I'll grant that that academia is a competition. All I'm saying is that remove that competitive aspect. Suppose that you are Paul Erdos, you already have tenure, you already have a position. Already there is well this sense known, that, and yeah, yeah, there is this sense that using those drugs. 
um, as a way to achieve uh, what you think of as a noble goal, like like doing more math or doing better math, or or the noble goal of like having firefighters like be able to wake up more quickly during an emergency call so they don't make errors that might cost lives, like all of that stuff. I'm like pump them up, man, to the extent that it's not going to do any long term damage, or to the extent that they know the risks of the damage. Right. Then you know. No, I agree. I mean, I agree with that part completely. Mm-hmm. I, I what I um, str- struggle with is so why that doesn't like generalize. Why that doesn't generalize a little further? Because I don't give a shit what you know mathematical theorem. I'll never know what right. mathematical theorem he uh, ended up doing. You know when he was back on his bennies, and I don't care. But I still have I still have the same reaction that you have. Why doesn't that generalize to actually <laughs> things that I do care about? Now it, again, like that. It's different, right? The higher mathematics one seems to me to be different than the Air Force pilots and the firefighters right. and all they that because yeah. then they're actually saving people's lives and there are, you know, there's a huge practical benefit to them. Right. But what I yeah, I wonder why and I just think that there's something about it honestly might be like a visual thing where we can we can't see the changes that are going on in your head, you know? Yeah. We can see changes but if you are, saw Ken Jennings all strung out with like meth teeth, like meth mouth afterwards, like, yeah, like maybe you'd be like, maybe it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but that's different, right? My because this is separate from the issue of it like actually damaging you. This is this is the issue of I'm actually seeing your physical body change uh, while you're, and that's again then that that. Goes back to the intuition of it's not you anymore. The- so the guy who could, who naturally only needs six hours of sleep a night compared to the one who needs eight hours of sleep a night to perform well, like that is also unfair. But that's just natural. That's like the the luck of the still, draw. It's and still somewhere in between him. those two is Adderall. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the land in which most I mean, normal- you know, I, I've seen articles where people just said, "Why don't you know people should just take it? It should just be available for free, and if you want to take it, you can. <laughs> uh, you know, you you don't have to drink as much coffee or any, you know, right. and you. Uh, I mean, yeah, people abuse the shit out of coffee, like. Right, it, and like, that's fucks fine. with their gastrointestinal system. You know, it's like it's arguably if we could just design these things better and better, as you were saying about steroids, we'll get to the point where we can just everybody will take their their you know vitamins in the morning and their performance enhancing drugs, and we'd all be it, happy. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's end on that opt- optimistic <laughs> note, and let's do some drugs. Let's do it. And, Line it up. <laughs> and I want to say to all our listeners, you should all do drugs. Um, if you're over 10 <laughs> although you were saying you just want to start giving your kids drugs earlier to make no 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 i want to and- genetically alter them i don't want i don't want my daughter <laughs> oh, like, snorting stuff man come on yeah. um i would just you know luckily she's genetically perfect um <laughs> it's a result of not being my actual dog no <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, never actually tested it out. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope this was a good episode. It's, it was. A- There's so much to talk about. This is the, this, the thing is, like, I think that, that, uh, that maybe we just said a lot of obvious things. But like, please send us feedback if you think that. You yeah, have send more send us feedback. And all right, uh, join us next time.